Hi, Craig. Hey, Craig. Gregory. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the paddock. Today, we are talking all things Qatar Grand Prix predictions. On today's episode, you have Meg, Ito, and myself, Hannah. So let's go ahead and get started with a little history on Qatar with Ito. Yeah. So we're back to racing with the Qatar GP, which, fun fact, is the first time that we ever have back-to-back sprint race weekends in F1 ever. Because in two weeks at Coda, we'll have another sprint race weekend. But first, let's talk about the LaSalle International Circuit and its short but sweet history. The inaugural race was held in 2021, and it represents F1's expansion into the Middle East and it adds to the growing number of non-European races in the championship. Even though the 57 lap race has been on the calendar since 2021, last year in 2022, it wasn't held due to the FIFA World Cup, aka Soccer World Cup, being held in Qatar around the same time as the race would have taken place. And it was just too much for the region. In terms of the track, though, while it was a late addition in 2021 due to the cancellation of the Australian GP earlier that year, it in itself is no stranger to racing, having been originally built for bike racing. And because of that, it's a very fast and flowy 5.419 kilometer, a.k.a. 3.367 mile long track with 16 high-speed corners and a single DRS zone. Overall, it can be said that it's similar to Silverstone and Suzuka, though tire degradation will likely be very different to the two aforementioned tracks if 2021 is anything to go by as That was a very chaotic race when it comes to tire strategy due to a variety of factors such as weather and track surface. And while I don't expect the race as a whole to be a truly pearl-clutchingly exciting race as 2021 was, simply for the fact that the championship is not as tight this year, I still expect some good racing because high speed means overtakes, potential for collisions, etc. But before we talk about what we think will happen this weekend, let's take a look back at 2021. So let's get back in to practice, quali, and race day from the 2021 Qatar GP. So to start off in FP1, we saw Max top it out in P1, followed by Pierre Gasly in P2, and Valtteri Bottas in P3. And then in the next practice session in FP2, we saw Valtteri take over this time and finish out in P1. We saw Pierre Gasly in P2 yet again, and then we saw Max Verstappen in P3. And in FP3, Valtteri Bottas topped it off again in P1. 
with now Lewis Hamilton coming in out of nowhere to finish in P2. And then Max Verstappen finishing up again in P3 to round out the practice sessions for that weekend. So now let's get into quali. Lewis Hamilton delivered one of his most dominant qualifying performances of the whole season to take pole position for the inaugural Qatar Grand Prix, with championship title rival Max Verstappen starting next to him on the grid in P2. Valtteri Bottas qualified third, ahead of Pierre Gasly, who ended up running wide at the second-to-last corner, causing him to ultimately shatter and destroy his front wing, leading to a puncture. That forced some drivers to ultimately back out of their push laps, although Fernando Alonso and his first effort was still good enough to qualify fifth for the race in what was only his second top five start of the last five races. Lando Norris managed to put his McLaren in P6, which gave them the edge in a very close P3 title fight in the Constructors' Championship with Ferrari, although Carlos Sainz was able to qualify only just one place behind Lando as he outqualified his teammate Charles Leclerc for the third race in a row. Yuki Tsunoda qualified 8th, putting both AlphaTauris in the top 10 for the 4th time in 5 races. Esteban Ocon qualified 9th, and Sebastian Vettel rounded out the top 10, just barely edging it out over Sergio Perez. Now, on to race day with Hannah. So, even before the Qatar Grand Prix had got underway, there was some drama off the track as Max Verstappen was dropped from P2 to P7 on the grid and Valtteri Bottas from P3 to P6 for a failure to respect yellow flags in qualifying. And Max Verstappen was end up penalized double and only penalized once for Bottas. But once the race fully started out in the front of the grid, Hamilton and Verstappen quickly settled into a race of their own, it seemed like. Um, Latifi retired on lap 55 with a virtual safety car called out. Verstappen ended up taking the opportunity to drive into the pits for softs. Perhaps Red Bull was hoping the move would spook Mercedes or something with their strategy call. But there was no such luck, as Hamilton swept across the line to secure back-to-back -back wins, seeming to have been quite simply untouchable all evening. But Hamilton was able to control the pace at the front of the field in a indomitable lights-to-flag win. Like, you started the race in P1, you ended the race in P1, like, you were untouchable, there were no overtakes, there were... Like, that man dominated. And his second in a row after Brazil. But Hamilton was quite impressive. So was Verstappen, though, who was originally in P2 and dropped to seventh on the grid for failing to respect the yellow flag. Even after that, though, Verstappen seemed to, like, shrug it off. Like, you could see, like, in the interviews, he just seemed to, like, shrug it off and was like, I got this. 
for the disappointment and jumped up to P4 at the start and quickly making his way up to P2 before following Hamilton very closely home. <laughs> Meanwhile, there was joy down at Alpine though as Alonso returned to the podium for the first time since the 2014 Hungarian Grand Prix which was amazing execution and he drove very aggressive um, and even survived like late race pressure that he was receiving from Red Bull Sergio Perez and he ended up taking third while Sergio aka Checo ended up in fourth which was a decent recovery considered he even started in P11 while he finished ahead of Alpine's Esteban Ocon in P5 and Lance Stroll rounded out taking P6 for Aston Martin. Overall, very good race. And now on to some of our predictions of now what we think the upcoming Qatar Grand Prix is going to be. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, it's a sprint weekend. So let's get into... My dice's sprint predictions first and then get on with the race. So, sprint. Liam Lawson wins. I mean, I know technically he isn't a rookie due to him being a substitute, but could that potential win still give him rookie of the year? Inquiring minds want to know. What are the rules on that one? P2, Lando. Another P2. Very nice. Though I do hope he can convert it into a win come race. P3, Max. Not surprising. Though, as usual, intrigued that he isn't on the top step. But either way, it would be enough for the World Drivers Championship because he only needs P6 in the sprint to clench that one. So I hope he's not too hungover on Sunday from celebrating on Saturday night. As for the rest of the points, we have P4 Nico, P5 Charles, P6 George, P7 Fernando, and P8 Oscar. Now for the main event, the race on Sunday, the one thing that we truly care about. P1 George. Second win for George after Brazil last year. Very nice. And good recovery for Mercedes. P2 Esteban. Esteban on the podium again? Yes, please. We need a Monaco Estibesti on the podium repeat. P3 Pierre. An Alpine 2-3? What are they feeding those boys? The remaining points shake out in a somewhat believable fashion of P4 Lewis, P5 Joe, P6 Max, P7 Nico, P8 Yuki, P9 Lando, P10 Lance. Hmm. So I will probably stick to the nature of typically who I want to win, and that's ultimately going to be my Ferrari and McLaren boys. Um, I don't typically do dice or crystal balls like I've said before but I will say last time I did make predictions and they did come true somewhat in Singapore so I'm just hoping that happens again because whatever luck that I did last time 
I'm hoping it repeats for my sake because I was super happy. And I know Meg was. As my fairy. Like, as my fellow McLaren girl. <laughs> so, I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into it. So, for race and sprint, I'm kind of going to combine them um, as, like, just who the top three I would love. And don't really care what order. Just want them up there, to be honest with you. So, Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz. Lando, would love for you to be P1. You deserve it. It's about time. But I would also be okay with Charles and Carlos because I also love them and think that they both appreciate it and need it as well. Uh, but I also would be super happy to see Alex Albon up there for sprint or race or even just in the top five and get driver of the day because let's be honest he's a great guy and I love his personality um and I just really want to see the grid do good and have a fun and exciting race weekend but I'm not holding my breath too much because Max Verstappen domination era so if he gets up in P1 I I wouldn't be upset I wouldn't be surprised but there's worse people to be up there so who knows now, I have not done one of these in a while, but now that my McLaren boys are back on top, I am so happy to be back doing these. For the sprint race and the actual race, although I hate to say it, I think Max will most likely win both of those, and it would be cool to see because, like Ito mentioned, he would win the driver's championship this weekend with a p6 or higher so good for him i guess congratulations but i'd like to see someone else there and unless they can put some sort of like nitrous boost on the mclaren where they can push a button and like gain a lot of speed like in the movies um i i just don't see anything changing unfortunately Although, I would love to see Lando get his maiden win at Qatar, and I think he definitely deserves it by now. I'm going to put him in P2, because he's been finishing there a lot recently, and if he can't win, that's the second best thing to winning, I guess, is coming P2. Although, it kind of stings a little bit, because you didn't get that win. But I think he's accepted by now that he's not going to beat Max at this point in the season. So, you take what you can get. And for P3, I'm going to put Oscar there for both races. He did it last race. I think he can do it again, especially now that he has the same upgraded McLaren that Lando has. And love to see the rookie get another podium. I love both of them and... It just makes my heart so happy that they're both doing so well right now. But if we don't see either of them on the podium, I think we may see one or even both Ferraris at the top. Although McLaren is still proving to be just slightly faster than Ferraris, I wouldn't doubt anything that we could or couldn't see Charles or Carlos up there. Especially since Carlos just got a win recently. And like Hannah mentioned, I 
would love to see Alex in the top five or even just the top ten. I mean, that man deserves it. He's driving the heck out of that Williams car, and he just... I want him to be on the podium again, like he was in F2, F3, and when he started in F1, I believe he was on the podium once. So, I'd love to see it again, and he deserves it. And is this the weekend we finally see a point score from Logie Bear? Or will we go another weekend without points? I hope for his sake that he's able to score, like, a point, just so he can say, like, he did it. But if he doesn't, I'm kind of scared for poor Logie Bear for next year. I hope, I hope he can stay in F1 to get to prove himself. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Logie Bear. Woo! And now probably on to one of my favorite things that we do is let's dive into some recent topics that have been released coming into Qatar and have some fun with it. Let's get started. So from one driver that has zero points to another driver that has zero points, Daniel Ricardo. While it was rumored when he first injured his hand at Zandervoort that he would be back in time for Qatar, doesn't look like it. It looks like Red Bull is giving him some more time to recover and is aiming a Coda return in two weeks. And honestly, while I am somewhat surprised, I'm not 100% surprised because they gave him the contract extension already. And Coda is, for lack of a better word, his home race. You did my man so dirty with that. So dirty, but it was so true. I hate you for that. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, Danny's home race, let's just say it, it's Coda. And I'm personally excited to see him race in Coda. And if he doesn't race in Coda, I will be upset because I'm going to be there. So you have to be there, Danny. So if you hear this. My question is, how is he going to top his entrance from last year? What is he what is he going to do to top riding in on a horse with a cowboy hat and like a red, white and blue shirt? With didn't he walk in with like someone playing the guitar too? Like what what will this man do to top that? That is my question. The guy was playing a ukulele. It was super funny to see, and I think he's going to come in on a horse again, if not, like, a mule, um, which is a donkey, just because he's that type of person who embraces, like, the Texas culture, and I think he loves it, and then also I think he does it sometimes for shits and giggles, and it fits him. I will honestly be looking forward to see what his entrances are. Who knows? I could even see this man just coming in on like a scooter. I mean, while I do know that the honey badger is not the national animal of the U.S., nor the state animal of Texas, he has talked about wanting to enter the paddock with a badger or even a honey badger on a leash at some point. So, 
What if he does that in Coda? I feel like we could also see Danny potentially enter on a longhorn if, like, you're even able to do that. Because isn't he obsessed with, like, the longhorns? Like, the UT, like, whatever the orange college is in Texas. I get them confused. But UT I could see him. Thank you. I could see him riding in on one of those things, too. Or walking in with one of those things on a leash. I don't know. I don't even know where you'd get a longhorn, but... I guess anywhere. Um. So, from Danny, we move on to other things to do with the Qatari GP. Because they're introducing concrete slabs in order to deter drivers from using too much of the track and therefore running the risk of getting track limits violations. Which, after Austria this year feel like it's a good move, but we'll see whether it actually works. Because it could also be dangerous, because concrete slabs that close to the edge, that also, like, if they crash into that, hey, that very much reminds me of F1 of the 80s and 90s. Oh, I got it. Okay, sorry. My bad. Okay. So, you know, track limit violations is a topic that you kind of see in every race throughout the year. Um, And it's something that you or we have heard a little bit more predominantly this year. To the point, Max Verstappen almost got black flagged at 1GP for exceeding track limits. Too much. I am interested to see if the FIA is going to relax said track limits or said GP tracks are going to do that because I wonder if they're starting to realize hey like these guys got more potential than what we're allowing them to like let them go but at the same time you almost need those track limits there to keep each other safe so it's a catch 22 it's like why would you make the car go that fast if you can't go that fast on the track but I don't understand the concrete slabs. That sounds very dangerous. Um, I'm just going to throw that out as I, I just, why would you want to do that? I mean, I, people get injured so often in Formula One. Let's not. And then we talked about this on our last episode slightly, but some new developments have come out after the FIA has approved Andretti to be the 11th team on the grid. But because it's F1, just because the FIA approves a team to join doesn't mean they will actually join because there's now there's like commercial stuff that needs to be discussed. The other teams have to agree, etc. But a lot of people are now saying that because the FIA approved it, it would be a very bad look if other teams, commercial rights holders, etc., said no to Andretti. Because it's basically the FIA deemed it safe for an 11th team on the grid. 
I mean, the rules state there are up to 24 cars allowed on track at any given time. So there could even be 12 teams, technically speaking. But still, it will be interesting to see. I, for one, personally like the addition of another team to the F1 grid just because it gives another two opportunities for two more drivers to become an F1 driver. I said driver a lot there. Whoa. But anyways, uh, it's hard enough to get a seat in F1 as it is. So the addition of two more spots is awesome. And I wonder who would fill those spots. I know they talked about wanting an American driver, at least one of them, to fill the seats. So will we see a Colton Herta and a Logan Sargent driving for Andretti in the future? The world may never know. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Andretti got fully approved. It would bring two more team like team members, drivers to the grid. So we would see a little bit more of an interesting change, maybe. It would bring another team to fight for the Constructors' Championship. And... I mean, I'm not against it, but I feel like getting into Formula One is a battle as a team. And they got a long road ahead of them. And so I'm interested to see like how it goes throughout this process. I feel like Andretti does have a nice foot to stand on, though, just because it is Andretti Autosport and Andretti has been a big name in motorsport for a very long time so i feel like they have the resources and everything to kind of push themselves into f1 so i feel like they'll have an easier time than maybe someone else who would like to join f1 in the future i don't even really think andretti will be the problem if it doesn't pan out i feel like the other teams will be the problem because for the Constructors' Championship, the pot of money that gets, that each, like, that's split between all the teams, if another team gets added to that pot, the slices of, say, the amount of money P2, P6, P8, etc. get, get smaller. And I don't think the existing teams want that. But that's me. I will say, you know, a lot of times when you bring a new team on or when you have an adjustment of a ruling, a lot of times those financials get looked at um, and reevaluated. And I mean, give the FIA just another excuse to write a handbook and a new regulation for everybody to read. So, I mean, who knows? I think as we get closer to it becoming official, we'll get more of a clearer vision of what that looks like for next year and or years to come with the new team. And now probably moving on to my favorite part of our episodes, the pre-outro. And today is going to kind of be a moment of the Grand Prix. So since the race was has only happened once, I thought I'd do a driver quote from the 2021 GP with Kimi Rockinen. 
So Heath said after the race, I was surprised by the overtakes we could do. In the end, it was an entertaining race. I didn't expect much at the beginning, perhaps to be able to race with some people as the car was pretty much the same as yesterday. But we had a good start and then things kept improving as the race went on. I had some good battles and by the end we were catching up to even the McLarens and AlphaTauri's ahead. Um, I think we got everything we could do out of this race and a lot of the other quotes that I read from the Grand Prix, a lot of people said that they were very intrigued by Qatar, by the track and what it could do and the potential of it. So I'm interested to see now that we're back at this Grand Prix at this racetrack again what will they bring out of the cars and will we see a little bit of a change and a mix-up and some fun exciting overtakes or whatnot we shall see but on that note we have another race another predictions episode in the books let us know what you are most looking forward to in guitar on our socials everywhere we are paddock girls podcast except on twitter there you can find us on paddock girls pod also, don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast wherever you listen to, like Apple, Spotify, any of your preferred ones. Thank you for joining us in the pad today. See you at the next race. Bye, Craig. See you, Craig. Peace out, Craig. <laughs>